Welcome to episode six of the Beer City Hopcast. We're your hosts, Taylor Darling. And I'm John Vanderplug. Uh, we've got Ed Colliazzo and Terry Rossick with us. Ed's from City Build Brewing, and Terry is from Boston Square Brewing. And we wanted to talk with them today about starting a brewery in Grand Rapids and, and what it's like to get that off the ground. Uh, Ed's obviously got City Build off the ground, and Terry's working on doing that with Boston Square right now. So I'd love to hear about your experiences. Sure. Absolutely. Where do we, where do we start? Where do we begin? <clears throat> well, Ed, it took a little while to get city built off the ground. Correct. Yeah. Uh, the, a plan is a plan until you play it out, <laughs> and then it's... Uh, what was even the catalyst for you starting a brewery? So I was a financial advisor, uh, financial representative with Northwestern Mutual, and uh, met with business owners on a pretty regular basis and appreciated their conversation versus mine. Mine felt not sincere. Like I was trying to sell you something, mm-hmm. right? Not because I was excited about financial planning. <laughs> and so um, so I was looking to leave and I was looking for businesses. And so I tried to buy um, Workhorse Irons uh, from a friend now, uh, BJ, who had started out of the back of his tattoo shop, and it was uh, tattoo. They manufactured tattoo rigs, oh. and that's local in Grand Rapids. It was like a two million dollar business, and now it's like a four million dollar business. Really? And so I learned a lot. I actually raised about four hundred thousand dollars for that, and then went to a friend who is a venture capitalist, and he's like, "Don't do it." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I'm do- like I did it." First of all, I was super surprised like I was like I raised four I, I didn't raise 400 grand at Northwestern Mutual in six months I did this in like 30 days oh shoot mm-hmm. and so I was like how in the world and so I realized man my, I had this there was a lot of passion around it and mm-hmm. um, I was not passionate about what I was doing and so I, that didn't work out and so uh, Dave my partner had been looking for a he had been trying to start a, a brewery since like 2010, 20, oh, two, 2007. Hmm. So Credit Crunch, I think that partnership or that iteration of what he was trying to do went away. And then um, 2010, he had another group. And then the last partnership or whatever was uh, a guy named Tyler Nickerson, who's actually still part of City Built. Uh, and so they they started the idea, City Belt. So mm-hmm. Tyler raised some money, uh, and then he decided he didn't want to be part of City Belt, and he went to Washington D.C., which left a hole and no money. Oh my! And so and Dave and I were neighbors. Dave taught me how to homebrew. Sure. Dave, you know, like we saw each other on the block. So um, were you homebrewing at all before this idea was catalyzed, really? So I had been homebrewing for like eight or nine years. Okay. Up to that point. And by homebrew, like, I might have brewed eight or nine times. Sure. And then I was like, I'm doing this. <laughs> and and I think I can do this. And so I raised 250 grand in 30 days. And basically, I went to one of my clients at Northwestern. And I was like, hey, meet your new agent. And he's like, what? Because he was my like by far my best client. And so I was like, meet your agent. And I think he knew that. <laughs> and so... This is your new guy. He's like, well, why? And I'm like, I'm about to cross the line. I was like, I know everything about you. You need 
a tax. Like, you need a way to make money without paying a bunch of taxes, and I got a good idea. And so I shared my idea, and so he was in, and that was really kind of the, like, when he said, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm in, that was the catalyst. Like, I was like, oh, okay, I got it. And so uh, 250 grand in 30 days, kind of figured out where we were going to be, what we wanted to be, but not really. Like, you should start your plan from, like, you should have, this is what I'm going to do, and nothing's going to sway me from this plan. Sure. We started, and I took Dave's plan, and I was like, this, and then kind of was like, this isn't going to work. I mean, no, uh, two barrels, 2,500 square feet, no food, which was a good idea mm-hmm. seven years ago, eight years ago, nine years ago. It's not a good idea anymore. No, no. Not, well, not in Grand Rapids. Yeah, you need you need food, right? You need food. You need to stick out somehow. And so once once we got going, like it just kind of morphed into what it is today. I mean, my wife, who you met, Sweet Kay, she's like, you promised me hole in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> like, you pro- like, this is what you said. And like... and. She's like I said, sweet K. Like she's cool about it. She's not salty K about it. <laughs> and so, um, but you know, on occasion she's like, Yeah, that's what I thought we were getting. You know, we were just on the UP. Yeah. And we walked into places and she's like, Man, this would have been cool. You know, plays yeah. like Black Rock. Yeah, yeah. Which, well, from the yeah. outside, might seem like it's this. Oh, yeah. it's not a house. It's, it's a, a nice small little, little thing. Exactly. <laughs> it's so, a monster. Right. So, uh, 400 grand to raise. We, we basically opened what's called a B share. And so we sold, which is which is a, a sales. Like they make money when we make sales, and so and we had advisors that were helping us do this decision. So, in hindsight, we didn't have good advisors, mm. and so um, we're still kind of fixing some of the stuff that came from that part of our business life, and so and and we're doing it. Well, the good thing was is. Long story short, we ended up raising about one point six million bucks. Wow, wow! And so, because so the four hundred that we thought we needed to get in a B share was not enough. The loan that we got from Dave's parents wasn't enough. The bank didn't give us what we thought they were going to give us. The landlord and the rent and all that was more than we anticipated. The you know, and so like through the whole, mm-hmm. nothing was like we were told, and so. Basically, from the beginning, we were like we're always basically playing defense, and so now I feel like we're a little bit more in a position where we're trying to be proactive and make decisions. And that's what I thought as an advisor when I was an advisor. Mm-hmm. Like I hope you make proactive decisions about your life so that when you get to point, you know, the next point, you're like, oh, good, I did this, I laid this foundation. Mm-hmm. And so, sure. and, the, and the reality was is, in the end, we opened and and we went through a significant amount of legal expense to kind of fix our beginning. Sure. And so, but we, we got, you know, in the end I was getting advice and I thought they were right. <laughs> and so I pushed forward thinking that they were right. I think if I had any doubts, it wouldn't have happened. And so sure. like, even, even now I look back, I'm like, even the bad I advice was, was good advice. Well, yeah. Cause it, it made me, I got there, you know? And so they were all good. I, I've I mean, heard that a lot from, uh, you know, various owners that like, when they're conceptualizing this, that the way it ends up materializing is not at all how they'd planned. Um, but then now that you're at a place, you know, um, you know where you're more established and everything, you can have a little more control over your vision and that kind of thing. I tell you what, like ten years ago, 
when I wasn't even close to being part of this industry, I had this delusion that someday I'd do kind of what you were talking about, this nano brewery, no food, just hole in the wall. Yeah. Like, we're going to make really cool stuff. People are going to flock there. We're going to make money. It's going to be fine. Yeah, it's it's not what I thought it was. Right. In. Like, Isn't that every homebrewer's dream? I think that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I can do Except this for Nick on, Radimer. <laughs> <laughs> I can do this on a shoestring. I can make this thing that's, like, super creative and awesome, and people will love it, and somehow it will afford me a living and the people that work there a living, too, but... I didn't realize that it's far tighter than that, you know. And you, mm-hmm. so oh yeah, brewers are broke. Well, yeah. and, and, that, and now <laughs> yeah. that you now that you own a, a brewery, you're you're brewing all the time, right? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Is this thing? I, no, like, no. Um, yeah, I don't do what I thought I was going to do yet. The role that I've kind of assumed at City Built seems to fit my strengths. So I like to talk to people. I like to meet new people. Um, so often I hear people like, I'm sorry to take your time. I'm like, I'm doing exactly what I should be doing. Like my goal is that when you come to see, and I think that's what the perception is, is when people are there, they're like, man, I talked to the owner. You know, and they, I mean, everyone wants to meet the owner and the brewer. <laughs> right? And so, and like Dave is happy to be the, you know, the mad scientist in the back formulating doing that part of the business and people talk to him and sometimes like I can look at him and then he's like what is this conversation (laughs) like you know where like I thrive in that and so in that sense it's a good partnership that because I've become kind of the not face but the personality and then and surrounded myself with other great personalities like Kurt Mm -hmm. uh, and then most recently Ellie Um, who's Ellie? Ellie's our assistant manager which is a new like she didn't replace anyone. It's a new role. Gotcha. So, so we're growing, which is good. And so I feel like my role at City Built is I definitely have brewed a beer. <laughs> it's a lot of work. You're on your feet all day. Yeah. And so, so it's not like it's different than home brewing for sure. Um, there are nuances about professional uh, brewing in a professional setting that doesn't it doesn't translate how you think. I mean. Christian's our, our assistant brewer, and he never homebrewed sure. before he got to our brewery. And so, That's like our Miguel. Yeah, it's true. No preconceptions there. Just right. learning as an industry professional, I'd, I'd like to think. And so he's very, uh, what's, uh, he's um, disciplined. Mm-hmm. The things I can tell, he, he practices the things he learned. That's good. At GRCC. Yeah. And so. That's a good yeah. foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just to touch on that a little bit. I, you know, even just five years ago, um, the whole the concept of hiring somebody who uh, who came out of a college was kind of foreign, I think, to a lot of people. And now, um, coming from I guess uh, a better understanding of like how the inner workings of a brewery um, work, I don't feel like I would ever want to hire somebody um, who was just a home brewer. You know, somebody who who was like, "Oh, I have homebrewed for ten years." I'm like, "Eh, that's not enough." You know, you don't like you said. You know, uh, professional brewing is a lot different than homebrewing. In some ways, it's easier. In some ways, it's harder. But they, in some ways, they translate. But in a lot of ways, they don't. So, I mean, have you, um, Terry, considered 
about hiring any staff or are you going to be running this on your own? Uh, no, definitely hiring some staff. So the guy I'm working with, I won't be the brewer. So I got a guy who's been doing it for 10 years, working at a place right now. I, uh, I keep them hidden like Ghostface Killers. So we, <laughs> <laughs> we won't ask. Yeah, we, we don't reveal them until, you know, we get mm-hmm. things off the ground. But uh, but, he, but he's uh, but a better professional brewer. Oh, sure. yeah. Oh, yeah, That's for awesome. sure. So he knows what he's doing and chemistry degrees some cool stuff like that. Cool. Nice. Yeah. So I did a little home brewing back in the day, and then I get to tag along every once in a while and help out. And they give me the, um, I can't cuss here, but they give me the jobs, the manure jobs. Like, um, <laughs> so, you know, I, uh, I get to clean up. And, you get the grain out. Yeah, I get the grain out. Oh, <laughs> get yeah. the grain out, you know. Get, I'm pretty good at that, though, man. I'll tell you what. So your job title is more owner slash assistant brewer. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. You're at the top of the rung and the bottom simultaneously. Wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> So you're like uh, currently developing beers for yeah yeah we're we're playing around with stuff and um, it's been kind of that's been the fun part for me absolutely you know coming up with crazy names and you know trying to make the the next big thing right you know I want to make a Grand Rapids IPA or something like that everybody drinks IPAs now so Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah that's been really fun for me so Um, it hasn't all been fun though. So that means you're doing the pain points, yeah. right? <laughs> oh I know you're not gosh. open yet, um, but like what Ed said, have, have you found that a lot of the stuff that you kind of had these preconceived notions about have materialized in different ways? Oh, yeah, exactly. Man, so, I, you know, I got my MBA, and, you know, I thought I was pretty uh, pretty smart with business, and, you know, all right, I put together a good plan. You build it, they'll come, right? You know, you got a good plan. Investors will be diving all over you. I mean, what could go wrong? You know, you're doing things for the right reason. You got a good story. You're trying to do this, you know, and it's like, who could come against you? And before you know it, you know, you get these haters, and you get uh, – it was, it was kind of mind-blowing for me a little bit because, you know, I came from a lot of different industries, but education was one, and I did a lot of community good. And so, you know, to have people attack me and, you know, say things like, you know, you're trying to gentrify the neighborhood or, you know, your brewery is another liquor store. Like, I literally had an article written about me in a uh, predominantly black newspaper called the Grand Rapids Times, and um, it said that... Um, my brewery was going to be just another liquor store, and that's not what the black community need, basically. Mm. And uh, it was just like, wow, like no, it's not, you know. And I, I mean, I've, I've been in neighborhood meetings. I've, I've did you, argued. Did with you people. answer that? Hmm? Were you able to rebuttal, rebuttal, or, re- or get on the record like, whoa, this is my vision? Yeah, you know, I had already came up with my vision, right? So my vision was to come back in the southeast side of Grand Rapids, you know. Um, I lived in a house in Alexander with my grandparents growing up. Then my parents had bought a house like on Rosman, right in this Boston Square area, and then we like moved out later on in life. But you know, that area was always special to me. You know, there was a lot of businesses there. You know, I got my first haircut there. I remember going to the hardware store with my grandfather there like every weekend. Like, you know, that was my area. I knew everything about that space. And, you know, it went down over the years. Like business owners got old, you know, and you know, so I don't hold my tongue very well, you know. Sometimes when people challenge me, I like to challenge them really, really well, and I typically win when I challenge folks. You know, at least I try to win. You know, if you challenge me, I'm not going to go lose when I come back at you, right? But, you know, what typically, what so what happened in my opinion was, you know, you had a lot of um, African American ownership in that neighborhood, and they were older generation, my grandparents' generation, that came up here and started, and you know. 
I always say like my mom's generation, that generation before me, you know, they either went off to college or moved out to Kentwood. You know, I always say it's like the great migration for African-Americans moving out the city. A lot of them moved to Kentwood. Because that was making it, right? That was making it, right? So they moved out to Kentwood. So you had this beautiful neighborhood where it just kind of fell apart with the businesses because, you know, the people, the kids that grew up in there didn't necessarily live there. And that's not all of them. You know, Which meant they didn't shop there. They didn't shop there. And so, you know, some of these businesses went under or, you know, they got nice factory jobs. They weren't working trying to be entrepreneurs. So, you know, the businesses ended up closing. A lot of the business got or um, buildings got abandoned and things like that. So, you know, when I'm in these meetings and it's that generation that's fighting me, right? It's not my generation, not mostly. You know, people my age or, you know, for my generation, like, yeah, go do it. That's dope. You know, keep it up. We don't, we need one. It's that older generation that still has that stigma with alcohol and then of course you know um me being a christian i've got caught out for that you know i i don't say i wear my faith on my sleeve but most people know i'm a christian right so how can you make beer and want to get people drunk it's like you know i'm really trying to have a place of communion you know and i talked about you know one of our missions was to send a kid to grcc's brewing program out of the neighborhood cool like every year Mm -hmm. you know to try to diversify the brewing industry for free you know and then have them work for us or have them go to a founders have them go anywhere you know, and just keep it going, you know. So that was always, like, I ran on that. And then you get attacked and like, oh, you got another liquor store and you're doing this and you're going to kill your people, you know. So it added, like, this extra tension and stress. And, um, you know, that that was really hard for me to kind of go through, you know. And I'm in these neighborhood meetings. I'm like, how is a black-owned brewery going to gentrify a neighborhood? Yeah. <laughs> a black neighborhood. Like, I like, do you understand what gentrification means? Like, I'm trying to buy a building. I'm trying to create this, you know, I'm creating wealth within the community. You know, we can add 10 jobs. We can do this. And, you know, I have a passion and a mission to stay here and do what's right. And, um, you know, a lot of people have their own agendas, you know. So I've started figuring out the, the hard way, right? It's not necessarily you they're going after. It's their own agenda they're trying to further. Absolutely. Sure. And, you know, so that's been a, a very... Uh, very eye-opening for me you know I never thought I'd be accused of some of these things or just even have to challenge them so, for the, so, so yeah. for the most part it just sounds like it's the older generation with this mm-hmm. one issue problem that they have about you know introducing more alcohol into the community or whatever without really understanding you know what the whole craft beer scene's about yeah you know even when you like I said I, I got that article I could text it to you guys and share it but you know when it said it was just another liquor store you know I remember going to liquor stores growing up and seeing them yeah, you know, it was gross yeah it's you know they were thing. dirty floors you know there's a guy behind on a tall pedestal with a probably a shotgun back there you know <laughs> waiting for someone to do something stupid and it's like you know I told people like you know I want to have a kids menu you know, I want my daughters, you know, I have a uh, eight-year-old and a five-year-old. You know, I want to run around the brewery. It's like, how many liquor store owners have their daughters in a liquor store at a young age hanging around, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so... Just the crappiest. Yeah, place. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, liquor store doesn't scream gentrification to no. me. Yeah, no. it, you know, and so... And we don't own any liquor stores in our neighborhoods, you know. They're not owned by African-Americans or black folks, but they're in the neighborhoods like no other. I mean, you could go down... Kalamazoo Street in that Boston Square area and find two liquor stores just within half of a mile of each other. And then if you go up the road a little bit on Eastern, there's another liquor store. And then there's one right up the road. I mean, there's so many liquor stores in that area. And, you know, when I challenge people, I say, you know, instead of trying to fight me and craft beer, why don't you go after these liquor stores? Um, 
yeah. in the lottery. Yeah, I shot machines. there. Yeah, you know, yeah, right. You know, yeah, you know, it's like you know, to me, lottery machines are the detriment of the neighborhoods. There, you know, I know people who spend their entire life savings in a lottery machine every day, trying to hit a three and four digit. You know, people aren't in a brewery every day, spending their livelihood trying to get one of these IPAs or lagers, right? So, I don't want know. a lager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, no. you know, so, you know, it's just it, it, that's been really tough on our end is dealing with that, you know. Um, but again, you know, I, I believe in my mission. I believe in my vision. You know, I don't believe God gives you anything that you can't handle. And so, you know, I, I keep going forward. I mean, he turned water into wine. I'm trying to turn water into beer. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say something really quick because this is something I've always been really passionate about was the communal aspect of brewing and of beer. Um, in that I, I've always... I've always seen it as like this like badge of honor that I am part of this brotherhood of brewers that have existed for tens of thousands of years. These, these people who have, you know, um, cultivated togetherness. And, you know, to me, that's what, that's what craft beer is about. It's not about getting drunk and it's not about uh, over imbibing and, and abusing it. Um, and I think especially brewers have, uh, um, we, we have to honor the craft and we have to honor it in, in a way that exemplifies um, like higher standards. And I think that, um, you know, the breweries of yesteryear, you know, your mom and dad's breweries and that kind of stuff uh, don't really exemplify that in the same way that these modern craft breweries do. Um, and I mean, that's probably the best way, you know, to combat that is just by showing them, Hey, listen, you know, this is, this is a community thing, and this is a place for four togetherness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I see them as community centers. Yeah. I mean, the Mitten went into a neighborhood that was definitely not ready for that, but it's, it's a good way to put it's, it. It's a great, it's a great addition, and it's it's helped a lot of other businesses grow there that are really building that neighborhood up, mm-hmm. and you. Nobody's getting pushed out of that neighborhood. You still have the same people in that neighborhood. You just you're drawing more energy into it, and and you're creating a place that people feel safe and welcome, and and they get to commune. Yeah, it's an it's an effervescent uh, social lubricant. (laughs) (laughs) Terry, you bring up an interesting point about how your chosen profession affects. Part of our, our part of our culture is so uh, tied to, um, like I come from a Pentecostal, mm-hmm. very not religious, uh, spirit filled home, and so as I told my parents, "Hey, I'm going to do this thing," they're like, "Well, we'll go when you open, but not back." <laughs> and I was like, "What? Why not?" And they're like, "Well, you know, you're serving alcohol. There's nothing for us there." I'm like, "Well, we're going to serve food." Right. You go to Applebee's, they serve liquor. Mm-hmm. I've seen people True. overserved at Applebee, you know, and so they're like, oh. And so, but they're still kind of, uh, they kept it like right out here, mm-hmm. you know, arm's length out. And then we opened, and it's hilarious to see my mom bring people from our, so I go to a church that they don't, you can't drink. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I go, like I used to drive the bus and pick up Calvin kids and bring them there. So like, cause I wanted to be involved and they wouldn't let me be a, a kid leader, which I thought was funny. Cause I was like, I have a degree in education. I have another degree in child development, but whatever. Right. Uh, I couldn't be a leader there. 
it, because I drink beer sure. and make beer, and sometimes too much, but whatever. Um, so it's that part of uh, the startup for yeah. us. Like It was an interesting, because my parents could have written the check, and they're like, we're not going to do it. Wow. You know? Mm-hmm. So and I f- that's fine. They've written the check enough times before that that I was prepared to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to hear that perspective. Yeah. Because I didn't get that as much. Yeah, I grew up in a heavy Baptist community, Baptist church. You know, my grandfather's a Baptist pastor. He passed away. Um, and, you know, and there was some pastors that I literally grew up with. You know, I've known them since I was a kid. And, you know, and they found out that, you know, I won some money to start this brewery and what I wanted to do. And, you know, some of them were just like, hey, your grandfather would just be so disappointed in you. Like, I was getting it from every end. And it was like. Hmm. Well, here's the thing, and those are (laughs) lots of dollars on the sideline. Mm -hmm. So as you try to create uh, community wealth, Mm -hmm. your whole community will benefit. Like we've noticed in our community how us, when we finally opened, there were businesses existing. Mm -hmm. But when we opened, they got busy. Sure. I mean, we were all busy. You're all bringing people in. Yeah. Everybody benefits from it. Mm -hmm. Right. We're going to get our dog groomed right down the road. Yeah, if I don't stitch. Sweet. Yeah. She's awesome. We nice. stopped in because we had some tacos at your place the other day. Yep. We wouldn't have stopped in otherwise. That's right. how that's how that works, right? And and we're I'll say this, we're fortunate to be part of a really strong like all the businesses, like they're good businesses. It's a good flow, mm-hmm. but the owners are really cool. That's nice. You know, and so that helps. But mm-hmm. there's lots of uh Hispanic Dollars that could have flowed in, but because of the beer part, yeah. Mm-hmm. If I was like, I'm opening a restaurant. Oh, yeah. If I just because that's what we in the end we <laughs> served thirteen thousand tacos in seven months. Like, <laughs> wow! And so in the end, that like in mm-hmm. considering our start, like thank God we served thirteen thousand tacos. Right. You know, but like in the end, we're a restaurant that serves beer. Yep. And uh, not liquor. Right. And so not liquor. And so, better than Applebee's. Right. And we <laughs> offer non like we offer craft non alcoholic, sorry. Yeah. Uh, craft, yeah. Non alcoholic. I could actually hear it. <laughs> and so uh, I was like, what is that? It's me. It's me. <laughs> so we you know, we offer this other thing, yeah. but because I was I led with I almost had to have these two yeah. stories. Yeah, sure. A story for everybody else. You know, and the story for the small contingent of yeah. people who probably would have been uh, as valuable as, as um, investors as anybody else. Yeah, I mean, if I wanted to sneak into the game, I'd have been like Boston Square, you know, soul food barbecue. Yeah. I would have got probably all the support in the world, and then we could have just snuck in a couple of tanks eventually and started serving beer, and yeah. nobody would have, and changed the name. But, you know, I wanted to come in the right way. I mean, I, I like to be authentic, right? I'm and that wasn't your be, vision. It yeah. wasn't my vision. You know, I wanted to be Boston Square Brewing Company. You got to be true to yourself. Man, and I'm so excited about that. I've been waiting for something to happen in yeah. my neighborhood for so long. Because I've lived in Boston Square for 20 years now. That's I, awesome. Mm-hmm. I bought a house in 99 in Boston Square. And for nothing. Yeah, for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it was the right time. Good for yeah. you. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. So I was super excited when I heard Terry was doing this. Yeah. Appreciate been following it. it hard. Yeah, for as much negative as you hear, there's a lot of people who are rooting for you. It is. You know, and that's sometimes, you know, I got to remind myself that, right? You know, it's hard to sometimes. You just, you hear the negative and you're just like, that's what you fixate on. But there is. I've had a lot of support. I mean, we got over a thousand followers on Facebook and, you know, we've 
hardly been engaging <laughs> for ourselves right now. So, um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, that I'm keto diet is not gonna work for you today. I'm the loudest guy on the set, <laughs> which actually holds true to my my inner wolf. This is uh, Believe in Dinosaurs. It was packaged Ooh. like two hours ago. No I'm kidding. Uh, Which is, is why it's not labeled. These are low fills. So. Is this batch three then? This is, well, this is batches two and three. We double oh. batch. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Believe in Dinosaurs. So is this. Um, so it's a Quebec uh, yeast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he uses Hornendal. Hornendal, probably. Yep. Yeah. And then um, uh, Nelson Sauvin hops. And then we do, actually, we do it in non-jacketed tanks. Yeah. So it ferments at, like, 90 degrees. Is it in the IBCs? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Hoover tanks, yep. Yeah. And so, um, which I was really afraid that the first time we did it, we did it um, in a jacketed tank, but just kept the jackets at what it typically would ferment at in the non-jacketed tank. Sure. Mm-hmm. I was just afraid it wouldn't be the same, and it's pretty much the same. Yeah. And so, it's which tasty. just it was, it went very well for us. Right on. And so, we've had a couple beers where people are like, like the chatter is mm-hmm. high, mm-hmm. and this was one of them. And so, if we're gonna do it again, and you know, the first time we did fifty cases, sure. And we were like, they were gone. I mean, they're gone like right now. And How do you so, even get Nelson right now? So Dave's like, we can't keep doing this beer, and the name is so cool. <laughs> which he's he's right. <laughs> and so, uh, how'd you come up with the name? Uh, so, Believe in Dinosaurs was a quote that Dave found from Mookie Wilson, who was the left fielder for the Mets. Okay. And That's like baseball. Too. Yeah, it so, is. Come on yeah. Now. You're, uh, you're on our <laughs> turf now. What's sorry, going on? Yeah, sorry, man. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, in this quote, he says, uh, when I'm in a slump, I just tell myself I believe in dinosaurs, and somewhere out there, dinosaurs are believing in me. And if they believe in me, then I can believe in me, and I bust out. So that's we, cool. so it's we're cool. like, that's it, that's the art, that's every, you know. So and so, there's no labels on them because they're low fills. Sure. And so uh, they're samples mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for the MLCC. And so, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, it's perfect. Like we're super excited about the label. I think it's a cool label. And then we found out the quote wasn't real. <laughs> What? Wait, what? <laughs> it was a fake quote. Oh no way! And so uh, we and but it's it's I forget the website. And this so, is how you build mythology about your yeah. own beer. Oh, You're yeah. creating it as you go. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and so it says Mookie Wilson on her can, and then it says allegedly. There you go. So, Fair enough. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, today we canned it. It was a crazy day. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, that's yeah, good for sure. Thank you. Cheers. Keto. Yeah, keto. I got a little bit in here. I'll tell you what, that Kvike strain is hot. Literally and figuratively. It's, I love that stuff, It's man. nice. I yeah. don't think I've had a bad beer made with that strain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Ed has. Well, at a beer festival, right? Like, oh, you sure. get all well, the beers. Remember Brew? Yeah. Brew was awesome. And then as a beer festival, it was like, oh, like butter. Yeah, there's a it happens. Lots of them. Yeah, it it does happen. Um, a lot of diacetyl ridden brutes out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was there was actually this past weekend, Quebec uh, Fest in Chicago. Yeah, not really. And like Dave's been yeah. brewing. Oh, Kvec. my God, put that on right. 
I don't know, but I connected with the with the uh, with the brewery that's kind of associated with it because okay. like hey i'm kind of surprised we didn't get invited we've been brewing it with it for almost two years no way like since the beginning oh really really so oh, dave wow. found like that's dave looking for like dave's like oh you want a hazy ipa you're gonna get it but you're gonna get it with Quebec yeast. <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. he's he's gonna like twist it a little bit which is i think why we stand out um i just we just recently did one too we use boss not hornadel but yeah and He's gone back Man, and forth. Man, it was hazy what, AF. What's the difference in... The, what is Voss? What is Hornadel? They're just different strains. They're different strains. But they all come from Omega? Norwegian farmhouse yeast, yeah. Gotcha. But Omega's, it, Omega's getting these things from, you know, Norway. From people that ever. have been using this, these things forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have these cool wooden rings that they keep the yeast on and, like throw it in to I mean it's like the magic yeast stick you know mm-hmm. yeah this is this is cool farmhouse brewing but the beer you can make with it is super clean it's, it's, it's pretty wild it's pretty wild and it's yeah when I am at a table or whatever I'm describing it I'm like it's it's farmhouse but without the blanket mm-hmm. wet you know the straw horse blanket or, thing or, yeah. yeah all those and phenols like, it's like are peach, not there right yeah. it's like peach it's clean it's not mm-hmm. what you think it's going to be and so yeah, oranges and honey and peaches yeah. and pineapple stone tropical fruit, fun, yeah. mm-hmm. all the things you want and the things you're trying to like get mm-hmm. from your yeast hops or too. from hops. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it's it they work together so well. It's great for these hazy beers. I'll tell you, what, I could do a whole podcast just on yeast alone. I don't think people mm-hmm. realize how much um, yeast affects the flavor of, of the beer that they're drinking. Absolutely. Well, I'm sure that's coming soon. Yeah. There you go. Terry, you guys using a house strain or experimenting with a couple different ones? A bunch of stuff. You know, we, um, I'm kind of like a bootlegger right now. What do you mean? I'm kind of using some ingredients and things that don't necessarily belong to me yet, but I'm going to write a really nice check when I get up and running. Okay. Uh, Okay. Nice. I'm I'm like Robin Hood. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you had asked another question, I think, or part of your question was, um, things that I didn't expect like to go wrong or sure. whatever. And um, I must say, I did come in naive a lot. You know, I thought things were going to go smooth. But one of the things I did not expect was to draw so much attention um, from, like, national brands and, like, big people, right? You know, and I got this confidentiality thing, so I have to really dance around this subject a little bit. But I had to work out a trademark agreement for my name. And... Um, it was completely, I can't swear, but it's completely BS, right? You know, so it wasn't even close. Completely Boston Square. Completely <laughs> Boston Square. <laughs> oh, no, not that BS. Yeah, sorry. yeah, no, that The BS, other BS, you know? okay. But uh, it's, it's That's really... That's my Instagram name is BS Square. Oh, it is. Yes. Yeah. It all kind of comes together, right? Yeah. It really does. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, There's a lot of bullshit. <laughs> so you were bullied then? <laughs> I was actually trademark bullied, and it was, like, interesting. And this brand has done it. Over and over, you know. I mean, you could probably Google trademark bullies and they'd probably come up, but um, it's not the first time they've done it even in West Michigan, but it's just kind of crazy. Like, you know, you go through the process, you hire lawyers. I mean, when you talked about legal fees, I have paid so much in legal fees right now. That's great. I'm probably at about 
22 grand in just legal fees getting things going so far and it's you're like, smiling right now yeah you're oh, probably no. way over it right <laughs> Edward, he's like you want to pour me another one of these so we can talk about it but you know it's just like wow like i did not expect to have to you know pony up so much in legal fees right off the bat just to protect what you have and what you want to do on people just come out of woodworks, you know, through that U.S. trademarking thing. Obviously, we did the whole name issue and got through that. And you get to the last 10 days and someone can test your trademark or say, hey, we're going to contest your trademark unless, you know, you don't ever do this, you don't ever do that, mm-hmm. you never go here, you never go there. Well, you put a big mm. fence around you and it's like, jeez, Pete. I think it's very common. These macro breweries or smaller breweries that have, you know, macros behind them, mm-hmm. they, have the par- they have departments whose sole purpose is to go out and seek breweries who might be infringing upon them in some yeah. way, shape, or form. I mean, I know I know the, the Mitten had... I don't think we signed an NDA, and if we did, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> but Goose Island came down, and uh, with their big fancy Anheuser-Busch... Um, Money. Uh, mm-hmm. Lawyers. Yeah. And uh, and tried to get uh, Chris and Max to, to change the name. And Chris... Uh, <laughs> Chris pulled a Chris and just was like, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I love Chris. In a few more words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and so they backed down, you know, because there was no, you know, legal ground for them to stand on. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's super common for these oh, it is. giant burgers to come through and just, yeah. you know. And I was in non Sometimes it's out, yeah, sometimes yeah. it's outside of your industry. Mm-hmm. So Dave's first name for City Belt was Freshwater. And, mm-hmm. and. Actually, the attorneys caught it, and they're like, hey, listen, there's a spirit. It's a freshwater spirit. It's actually made by New Holland, mm-hmm. um, which they're a brewery, too, but mm-hmm. it's a distiller. Sure. And so, and, and they, New Holland did not. Like, New Holland's cool. We're cool. But, <laughs> like, they're like, hey, you might have a problem because they have a spirit called freshwater. Yeah. You got and, ahead of that one. Yeah. And so we got, we did. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm surprised now that we're open. I see so much city, the city, that, mm-hmm. new city. I'm like, I can't believe no one messed with it. Well, and we ain't done so. That was our purpose. <laughs> <laughs> that was our purpose. That was not, you know, yeah, with right, yeah, that was me. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, you won't ask me back. But <laughs> you, you, you get it now, though, right? I mean, if you, now that you're in your own, now that you're in, I guess, different shoes, but still your own shoes, if someone else were to maybe slightly infringe upon your name, um, you'd probably be like, hey, you know, you'd want to go down there and be like, you can't do this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it just depends on what it is. Sure. I but, mean, you know. Yes. But I mean. Maybe, yeah, maybe not to that extent. Built, yeah. We see that stuff happen all the time. You do? I mean, we've seen that locally even. So, mm-hmm. not get into that. But Oh, yeah, that was a crazy situation. But what you get with these large brands, like even in different industries, like you said, you know, they got lawyers just looking for trademarks. that and With they dollars. Get, yeah, they get paid regardless. You know, they bring it up. They're making a phone call mm-hmm. again. Because they got to keep their jobs. They got to keep their jobs, right? And it's all about brand recognition. They don't want their brand being recognized by something else, especially if it's mm-hmm. going to taint it, you know? Yeah. There's there's a mitten uh, bar in Ludington. Yeah, we've got so much confusion over there. There's tons of confusion. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, we yeah. love your place in Ludington. Yeah. I'm like, eh, it's not us. That's a bar. Um, <laughs> it's just a regular They sell other people's beer. <laughs> and they do sell our beer, too. Right. Which is nice. Which is crazy. And it's nice. Um, maybe you should work out an exclusive tap for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like right? a real partnership. But I don't think we've ever, ever had a problem with it. Um, you know, so, but yeah. I, it, I mean, I've even had somebody come at my logo already. Like, I just 
unveiled this. We got it trademarked, got it through everything, and then I get an email. Like, I literally bought this logo from a guy in Lithuania. Like, you know. The $5 oh. ones? <laughs> no, it was more than $5. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean. <laughs> I mean, I like, wish, you know there's a site else. you can go to and you're like, hey, I need this art. Oh. And so every one of them, it's five bucks. Yeah. Really? I don't know about that. It's a yeah. cool, it's a cool. Please send me that link. I might yeah. use it for something. But yeah. I have a relative who opened a business who did that same exact thing. Really? really? Just went on the website and got it like lickety split. Yeah. Huh. Now I bought this logo Sorry. from this guy and, you know, I went through the, the process, you know, made sure it wasn't used, went through a lawyer thing, got it trademarked. And this tech company out of. Texas guy reaches out to me. He literally has my B. He like cut the back end off of it and he faced another one to it. So it was like two B's facing each other. And he says, Hey, I just want to make sure we're not going to have any trademark issues if we go ahead and use this. So, you know, if you just write back and say we're all good, that'd be great. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, Yeah, nah, we're not all good and you can't use that B. I like, I own it. Like, I literally own a font, which is crazy (laughs) to say. I felt felt like a boss. Like, I own it. No, you can't have it. Your English teacher is so jealous of you. Typography with the West Side going on. You should have written a letter in that font. (laughs) I should (laughs) have. So he never he never responded. So I'm sure I'll see it eventually, and probably have to do something. Or do something. <laughs> so. I gotta say, props for owning a, a font. You've thought so much about your brand that you're like, I'm gonna make words. All all my words are gonna look like this. Yeah, right, all cool. my letters will. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, well, you gotta build an image. You gotta build all your graphic design matters. Everything matters when you put that. Like Ed, your tap room's awesome. I love. Mm-hmm. It's. It's all tight. Everything makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. I think um, when you're opening a place, you have to like really be considerate of what your brand's gonna be. I think the mittens done that. I think a lot of people have, but like, that stuff just matters. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Yeah, I mean, going back to you know what you what your vision is and how it ends up materializing, and and having your values be at the core of all that, um, that's that's essentially what drives everything. I mean, I can't I can't speak from experience because I don't own a brewery and I've never tried to start one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it's pretty transparent that you know your vision is what is what drives the entire thing, and so everything has to have intent mm-hmm. and everything has to be, you know. Um, a derivative or derived, I mean to say, uh, you know, from that vision. Yeah, and you know, one of our struggles is finding the building, and you know, I'm I'm very stubborn, and you know, I think you know, Ed, you mentioned this earlier, like you know, sticking to your original plan. I, I'm super stubborn. If I can't build in Boston Square, I won't open the brewery, right? And you know, and there's a lot of there's a lot of vacant buildings owned by a lot of rich people, a lot of people out of Chicago. I mean, it's like you know, I, I reached out on certain buildings. I'm like, nah, we're just going to sit on it. Like, they won't even sell them like some folks. They just sit on Crazy. them. They're know? waiting for you to open your brewery. Yeah, so right. Yeah, they want to make the money, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm so dedicated to being there that, you know, any pushback, any whatever, this is where I'm going to be. This is my vision. You know, I named it this for a reason. You know, mm-hmm. I've had people say, hey, we can move it over here. I'm wealthy. You know, I know this building. I know this owner. He wants in. You know, we can get this ball rolling quicker, but it's like, you know, I'd rather wait and suffer and do it the way I want than to, you know, do it easy and, you know, get it where I don't want and live with a regret, you know. So, you know, that's also 
I've been stubborn. <laughs> you know, it's sure. going on a while now. And the question I get everywhere I go, hey, when? how's the brewery? It's like, you know, when? Not, I feel like I've yeah. asked you that a few times. It's like it's not a puppy. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it's eating every day. It's doing all right. It's eating dollar bills every minute. <laughs> it's richer than I am. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> you know, I will say... Uh, Mitch Ermatinger from Speciation is a good example of someone who's like, I'm doing this. Yeah. And then along the hallway, everyone's like, that's dumb. Nobody gets that. No one's going to do, no one's going to show, wait, wait, you're going to open it up for one day and everyone's going to buy your beer on that day and you're going to pay your bills. Nah, nope. And like, he did it. Yeah. And and as he Against did it, all odds. people are like, huh? Yeah. Mitch, if, Mitch, if you're listening, I thought it was a stupid idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would be with him and I'd hear and and we so he opened and I opened and I should have opened like six months before him, but I <laughs> let's opened. Not even go there. Huh? <laughs> so I can't actually. Oh. And so let's you know so we opened like five months after him, something like that. I was with him, so we were together trying to do this thing, and I had my idea and he had his idea, and his is in hindsight a better idea. Like he has to manage. <laughs> I have fifty employees. I think he has ten, maybe ten. Yeah, he's right. got a lot less capital capital into yep. it too, and it's all him. A lot less I mean, overhead. Yeah. So yeah, his uh, per square foot—I won't say it in case he doesn't want me to—but his is like almost twenty times less than mine. Sure. Mm-hmm. I don't want to leave my neighborhood. Like our neighborhood's blown up. Yeah, you're in a good and, spot, mm-hmm. man. If we could own it. Sure. It would be a fantastic spot. But mm-hmm. he's doing something different than than you yeah. are, and maybe oh, that cool. wasn't in line with your vision. No, not no. I'm not. I don't wish I did what he did. Like that's not. I like the people. Mm-hmm. I like that. Four hundred people a day come into City Bill. Yeah. Like, cause I might talk to fifty of them. Sure. You know, new people from who knows where, mm-hmm. and they're always in a good mood. Mm-hmm. You know that that's the coolest thing about what we do. Well, they're getting out of work and they're coming to your place because they want to be in a place where they can have a good time. Absolutely, or they're 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 new to Grand Rapids. Yeah, and so they're they're excited about it. Mm -hmm. And so, and we're you know we're fortunate, but we're just different enough that it doesn't matter if they go to Minton first or Founders first. The servers are like, if you're gonna go anywhere else, you have to try this Puerto Rican place. Yeah, (laughs) that serves tacos, which is not Puerto Rican. But I can't say the one thing without saying the other thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's not Puerto Rican. Yeah, all right. I keep telling people they got these great Puerto Rican tacos. Come see my buddy Ed. (laughs) You see me every time during lunch. I bring you new people all the time. I do see you. I appreciate it. (laughs) But yeah, so what we built in the end, like it was a, it kind of snowballed into what it is. But I knew what I want. I knew what I wanted. I knew how I wanted to feel in my space, right? And so, and I couldn't have what I wanted without food without a bigger brew house and without a neighborhood that was growing you know like I lived when I was 17 I lived on Belknap and which is basically right, right over the hill so top of the steps yeah that, yeah yeah so if you take the steps up and you cross the street and go two houses like to the right my buddy bought that house when we were like 17 and 18 I was I graduated young so I was 17 and I lived for free for six months because I just helped him work on his house. 
And we'd look over, you know, or we'd play in that neighborhood or we'd go, you know, cause a commotion in that neighborhood. <laughs> and I was like, man, I'd love to live down here or work down here or own something down here, mm-hmm. which I don't didn't remember. Even at Northwestern Mutual, I remember, which is downtown, like, I always wanted an office down here. Mm-hmm. But once City Build opened, I was like, man, I remember living up there and saying, I want to work in this building. Now. It wasn't Sackner. Sure. But, you know, yeah. it was just like, I wanted to be down here because... Mm-hmm. It was its own feel. It's his own thing. You know, yeah. now, now we're doing it. I'm like, oh. Like, I was kind of speaking life into my future. I just didn't know it. Right. You know, and I kind of went about it in, like, the longest way you can. That whole strip's blowing up now, too. Yeah. The hotel is a good thing for us. The hotel, you got, the, what is it, Big Biggies? Biggies. Big Biggies yeah, yeah, down yeah, there Biggies. just opened up, mm-hmm. which I'm sure is a competition to you. But at the same time... It's it, different, though. It is, yeah. exactly. Do I want 100 TVs and the best game experience, or do I want to go to a brewery where they might have the game on and I get, you know, different fare in terms mm-hmm. of food, different beer, I mean, right, Quebec IPAs. Right. So it's different. I don't think it's them or us. It's what experience do I want. Yeah. And they bring enough people to the neighborhood that likely they may not have found us. Yeah. yeah. If, mm-hmm. if they hadn't come to Big E's and, and vice versa. Sure. Yeah, I mean, the Minton was kind of that way on the west side. But I mean, like, people are going to be in that hotel just saying, hey, I would love to go to a brewery or I just want some food right now. Well, they have that. They have a concierge bar, mm-hmm. which is free to the people who live or who are staying there um, from whatever time it is. You better believe I'd go over there and give those people gift cards on the regular. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? They're like, we love it here. Yeah. You know why? Because you don't pay for it. But I'm cool with that, sure. right? Because they send us so many people. I, I mean, we, we meet them. They're like, yeah, we were just having a free drink, and mm-hmm. now here we are because they said this is where we needed to go. And Very so cool. We, we're definitely in a good neighborhood. Nice. All, all this conversation tells me is that you know, craft beer is communal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Certainly. Um. So you were mentioning how you wanted to, you know, this is a place you wanted to have your daughter mm-hmm. be able to go and that kind of thing, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I know that City Bill has a little area for kids, yeah, that kind of thing, which is um, super unique, you know. Yeah. Um, have you thought about doing something similar to that? Oh, absolutely. I'm going to steal that. You know, I talk to Chris and Jason at uh, Brewery Vervant a yeah. lot, and they're awesome. You know, they've been really nice to me and just answer any stupid question I have. I mean, Ed has to, Dave at Founders. Like, I've, I've really been surrounded by some really nice folks and see how people do things. And, you know, I definitely want to have a play area that my girls can go hang out, you know, and eventually, you know, grandkids can go hang out. You know, I want to be in this for the long haul. But, yeah, you know, the, the chalkboard and things, you guys have the little board games. You know, I really want people to bring their families. You know, I want dads and their sons and their daughters you know you know we can go watch the game you know we probably won't have a bunch of tvs like Big E, but we'll do it similar to city built you know a couple tvs up watch the game your kids can go play over in the corner there and you know i want it to feel like home right i want you to be able to bring your entire family to my place you know this isn't a a club you know it's not a bar you know it's literally like you said a community gathering point and i want it to stay that way so yeah my daughters would be in there you know they may be busting tables when they're young doing little things i saw ed's son there when i was uh <laughs> working or when i was there eating lunch your son was like serving he works there yeah i was like man how cool is that i was like man, i can't wait to put these girls to work you know, they're, <laughs> they're eight and five staying up all night crying and 
asking for candy all day. Like, I can't wait till you got to go bust a table. Yep. <laughs> go slap those labels on those cans. Yeah, yeah. You know, something like that. Zion is a keg washer and dishwasher. Mm-hmm. And uh, my daughter, who's 12, like, the other day I paid her eight bucks an hour to come label cans. Yeah. That's awesome. Which is $8 more an hour than I wanted to spend. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's cheaper than a lot of people. She's 12. Yeah. Yeah. For well, I paid her cash. Yeah. I mean, eight's like 15. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the candy you could buy out of that. Yeah. My daughter does not spend her money. She saves it. Mm, she's smart. At that age, I was just buying candy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she, she does too, but Sweet K's taught her how to be a shopper. That's but, nice, man. My, no. uh, <laughs> my daughter, my oldest daughter's favorite character is Mr. Krabs, so I think she's going to save a lot of <laughs> She's always asking for it, trying to take it. I'm like, take it easy, Krabs. <laughs> Hey, I, I'm, as you were talking about looking for a building, mm. uh, in my recent trip to Marquette, I mm. think about the fact that Black Rocks is in a house. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's yeah. such a that's such a sweet little spot. That like outdoor area, the patio. Like, oh man, it feels like a house. You get to hang out with your friends and really? with the up. So yeah, with the up. The, I don't know if you've been there. I haven't. The oh. upstairs, they they basically made it a. Um, like uh, it's upstairs, but it's open. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So like a loft, and so I went there three times, four times in one day, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like there was only like twenty five to forty, twenty five to thirty people that sit inside, mm-hmm. but they had this whole outdoor deck area and parking. That really, yeah, that's it. You right might there. work your way around those buildings if you could just think outside the box. Mm-hmm. I like because where you're going. I mean, and then find your brewing facility somewhere else. Well, I mean, that's what they've cheap. done. They've got a production yeah. facility down the road, right? Yeah. You just look at the yeah. men. We're in an old, we're in a what, hundred year old firehouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, that brewery's crazy. It's yeah, it is. It's crazy. nuts in there. It's awesome. It's you've a, seen, it's a you've his- seen all the pieces. Yeah, yeah. It's sweet. It's a it's a it's, historical building. We can't yeah. we can't alter the exterior. Yeah. We like there's so many rules we have to abide mm-hmm. by in terms of just like. Shoot, man! Just we're making beer where the horses used to live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. That brewery, the the original brewery, is a stable. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. That's pretty sweet. Yep. That's a good history. Yeah, the the double doors there where the horses used to go in and out. Are mm-hmm. Those they're still there. Those are the same doors. Clydesdale horses, I imagine. The pool uh, you know, I, I, I don't think know. they were Clydesdale. There's a Budweiser house. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. You know, get some publicity and work for Popeye's well, chicken, right? At, at one point, they were named Ned and George, right? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we have Ned and, we have Ned and George. That's our oatmeal stout. Yep, those were the last two horses okay. to be pulled in the city of Grand Rapids, and it was at, at that fire. No way. Yeah. That's some dope history. Oh, you, you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll have to talk to Chris sometime. He knows... The, he knows he knows about where the yeah. bricks came from. He uh, would. The building. He knows everything about it. <laughs> he yeah. would. I'm going to brew that beer on Friday, too. Then, George? Yep. Nice. Oh, cool. Doing it for Vern. Nice. Vern loves that. Mm-hmm. So, if you feel like driving for seven hours. Yeah? You going to ride shotgun with me? Check. If my wife lets me out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go, too. Yeah, yeah. I, love I got Mar- a big Mar- truck. I yeah. love Marquette. I might be up for that, for sure. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you what. You gotta make it up. City built twos in Marquette, I'm calling it. Oh, shoot. (laughs) The land is cheaper. No. (laughs) No more satellite locations. (laughs) We we put up one up there, and. You're my model. Yeah. Yeah, Men is my. I was like, they find these out of the way places. I bet we can find a cheap spot. What if production's up there instead of down here? 
we can filter into Wisconsin and into Michigan. It's not bad. Mm. I'll, I'll say this though: if you're going to be brewing, you, you're going to want to be brewing on site if you're that far away. I mean, we you know we that's we, my plan, we, have, we have to bring our beer <laughs> we have to bring our beer up to uh, up, up to, to Northport all the time. Yeah, it's we a, sent some up today, right? It's a, yeah, so it's like a six six and a half hour round trip. We'd be trip. sending beer to Grand Rapids. Yeah. Oh yeah. Reverse. Actually, just think if your ten barrel was your like pilot. System. That's your little guy, right? <laughs> that would be awesome. Well, yeah, it's like Bell's. Uh, their thirty barrel is their is their pub system. Jeez. That's messed up. That's crazy. And mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Hey, had you ever gone to Black Rocks before the expansion? I my first time in Marquette was last weekend. Oh, oh no kidding. Mm-hmm. And so, man, I wish I had been there. You love it up there, don't you? I love it up there. Every time I go there, I think, how am I going to stay? Yeah. How do I stay here? This place is magic. Truly. It's a beautiful place. It really is. Yeah, before the expansion, that, like, whole back deck and everything wasn't there. Um, Like, the inside was was pretty much the same. The upstairs Uh, was an upstairs? mm Mm-hmm. Okay. At least when I was there. Yeah. You know, the first time I was there was probably, like, seven years ago, Mm -hmm. eight years ago, something like that. And, uh, but yeah, no, they, they added that like deck area and the whole like back, um, it's beautiful. back tap area and everything. It's, well, yeah, it's, it's really, really nice. Really well done. They're so. good about keeping a line. Oh yeah. About what? They're, oh yeah. That line does not move mm. very fast. Does well, it? and I don't mean cause they're slow. I mean like that back deck could have so many taps yeah. and they're like, this is where the barrel aged beer is. If you want a fifty-one k for three fifty, which is good on you, awesome. You got to stand not even in the restaurant, like the line was out to the curb. Well, that's that's a special case. You're also the, there beer for fest. beer fest. Yeah, I was there on Sunday you when have... everyone was gone. Oh no, kidding! And there you had to hold the door. Really? Like, it wasn't to the sidewalk. There might have still been a lot of enthusiasm. I don't know. I, I've been there Surely. in the off season. Um, I mean, it's winter, like, next week there. Yeah, it is winter next week. <laughs> but, yeah, was, I mean... It was colder up there. It was awesome. Normally, yeah, summer like starts not, for us this week, right? Yeah, right. No doubt. Yeah, we're back to summer. Yeah. Yeah, we are back to summer for, for just a little bit. So. Um, all right, well, I think that's all the time we have. Um, so, special thanks to Melophobics for providing our intro-outro. Uh, Ed, great having you on again. Thank you. Terry, good to have you on. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate uh, it. Thanks, both of you. I'm Taylor. I'm John. And uh, we're WKTV, and this is the Beer City Hopcast. Thank you.